Wisha, Wisha, do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay, it's a Baywatch. Because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And this is Baywatch Season 2, Episode 15, Sea of Flames. <laughs> and hold on. <laughs> mm-hmm. ah. Ah. Okay, wait, this is harder than I thought it would be. Okay, wait. Ah. <laughs> ah. Okay, wait. Ah. ah, there we go. Okay. Morgan. Yes. Uh, exciting episode. Uh, so much happens. Uh, yeah. In this episode, just Ugh. super excited to talk about it, uh, and all the. All the the plot events that happen. Mm. So this boy, <laughs> yes. Uh, this episode was written by Michael Burke and Douglas Schwartz, and directed by the prophet himself, Gregory Bonan. Aired February twenty. I wrote twenty second, uh, nineteen ninety two. Well, let's talk about the guest stars. Mm-mm. So first up, we have. Devino Tricoche uh, as Scorch. He has five five acting roles. This one, three as Fire Eater, and then one in pre-production as Politician. And I'm very (laughs) curious if, like, it's a politician of hell or, like, you know, what, like, where, where he transitions with this whole Fire Eater who's also a politician thing. But who knows? Yeah, yeah. I probably am not going to watch the rest of his filmography, but I am kind of curious. Yeah, I'm absolutely not gonna. Um, <laughs> but he, he's he's a legit fire eater. So I mean, um, well, I wrote That's in here fire Easter, um, which is very <laughs> different. That sounds like a much better holiday. I gotta say. Yeah, you just sit around like burning eggs. Ooh, yeah. Um, definitely not blasphemous. In any way no. whatsoever. No. And then our bigger star is Constance Towers. So to most, oh, she plays um, Maggie James in this episode. Mm-hmm. Maggie James in this episode. Maggie James. <laughs> to, to most, she may be remembered for a post Baywatch role as Helena Cassadine in General Hospital a role she was nominated for an Emmy for Daytime Emmy Award for America's Favorite Villain. Wow. She played this role as a regular from 1997 to 2002 and then recurring from from 2003 to 2019. Though this is funny because her character was killed off in 2015 and then in 2020 she was still appearing in the role here and there as recently as October 2020. Uh, but wow. some of these roles, it was like over a phone, we hear Helena Cassidine saying something. Mm. Um, sure. So uh, 
Also interesting is she was not the first person to play Helena Cassidine. Morgan, can you think of a big time Hollywood actor of yore who would have played this role? Uh, now, let me tell you what she let me tell you what her role basically is. Uh, Helena Cassidy is listed on Wikipedia as socialite and terrorist. <laughs> so can you think of a big time Hollywood actress of yore that would have played this role? Think. Uh, think classic oh, actress. man. I'm not totally sure, honestly. It, it's a it's a very big name. Okay. Um I am literally blanking on the names of any classic actress. I'm gonna go with uh Audrey Hepburn. No, no, but I mean you're thinking old and you're thinking right, you know. Okay. Uh also uh, you know, I would say she's probably in the same tier as this actress. Okay. I then I have no chance of guessing who it is. Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Elizabeth wow. Taylor Taylor played the role once in 1981. One other person played it. And then for like a few episodes and then 97 to uh Constance Towers played it. And so General Hospital one of the biggest soap operas of all time. And so this is like the kind of show where there's an episode every day, right? So, you know, this is a, mm-hmm. a big commitment, a long role. And she's just the main villain. She's just this horrible person to everyone. Um, and I can kind of get that because she plays a horrible person this episode kind of too. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, she's not terrible. She's mean. I, Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't even necessarily call her mean. I would say more just like she's very um, she's definitely a little bit haughty, but it just more comes off to me as like, you know, she's been a celebrity for so long that she's used to people bothering her. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Hold on. Um, mm hmm. There's a, a thing on my chair. I'm trying to. Oh, it's like rusted a little. Not rusted. It's just I don't use it very much, so it doesn't uh, shake as much. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you're gonna say. Uh, I don't remember. Well, you're not gonna say. So what I'm gonna say is, Morgan, mm-hmm. take us into this episode. Yes, let's. So we start off with uh, some wave riders. But they're just too close to the shore, and one of them whoa, whoa, falls whoa, in. Whoa, 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 you skipped so much. <laughs> Morgan. Okay. I did? Yeah, so we start with Hobie and Mitch on the beach mm-hmm. uh, in a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my version, it's very clearly not the original music. Mine sounds like someone programming uh, was programming a dungeon for a late-level SNES or a JRPG. <laughs> and so, yes, Mitch sees an errant wave runner on wants to investigate, but Hobie keeps saying, no, dad, let it go. And Mitch oh, yeah. gets annoyed because Hobie really, really wants them to go. And he starts tugging at Mitch's arm over and over. Mitch also says that he sees some guys, as you're about to mention, in something called an addictor, which is a type of mini boat. Oh. Yeah. Now we're back to I- present. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So Mitch uh, goes in to rescue the guy who falls in. But Hobie just really doesn't want him to go. Um, 
I'm I'm almost wondering if my episode like started 10 seconds in or something cuz I don't have that scene in mine. Um, it's weird because my episode is 6 minutes shorter than yours. Huh. Mine I'm is so only, curious what they cut out. Mine <laughs> is only 38 minutes. Huh. Yeah. So it's weird. I, I, I'm guessing they cut out stuff with magazines. Uh, <laughs> that's my guess. That there's a lot to cut from that plot line. Oh, you so. cut the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for one scene that I enjoy. Oh, I'm curious. Yeah, um, uh, but it's a lot of Hobie. It's like a decent thirty seconds of of Hobie going, "No, Dad, don't." Yeah. Um. But Mitch is like, no, I'm a lifeguard. I have to. So he gets on a wave runner and goes into the surf to go rescue the guy and jumps off his wave runner to rescue the drowning guy. And then once he's in the water, the other guy circles around and is about to hit Mitch. And he's right about to hit him uh, when it turns out that this was all Hobie's bad dream. Right. Um, but and the, also, the important part about is, that is that Hobie, right before he gets hit, before Mitch gets hit, shouts, Dad, dive down, which will come back later. Yep. This is also, what, the second time this season already that we've had Wave Runner or similar accidents as a, like, central plot point? Actually, this is the first... Well, so that was a power ski in in the first season. Sure. This is actually the introduction of Wave Runners to the series. Um, what was it that, um... What's his name from the two-parter got hit by then? Oh, what the fuck's his name? He was flirting with the Australian girl, Vanessa Angel. He's in a wheelchair. Oh, he got Um, hit by a boat. No, he got hit by a kayak or something. He was a man. Oh, right. Right, right, right. Not a kayak, but it's it's a boat or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like an outrigger or something. Something. Yeah, I don't know the terms. This is is the first time we get wave runners. Mm, Okay. Yeah, and they sure do feature prominently in this episode. It's almost like it's an ad for Wave Runners. It really feels that way, or at a bare minimum. So one of the plot lines in this episode is Mitch and Thorpe trying to justify to the suits why they need Wave Runners. And boy, did it feel like the showrunners were making that argument to their producers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or... Or Wave Runners or, sponsored the show. I don't know. Ooh, that could be. That could be. Could it. be. But yes, um, as Morgan mentioned, it is a dream, and we get another classic shirtless Mitch comforting his mm-hmm. shirted son moment. <laughs> you know, what do you think is the better yep. character, uh, shirted Mitch or shirtless Mitch? Ooh, it's tricky. They both had some good moments. I gotta say. Yeah. But I think. I think overall, I honestly got to go with shirtless Mitch. Like, he hasn't had as much screen time, but he's never let me down the same way shirted Mitch has, so. That's true. Now, uh, I do have to go for shirted Hobie rather than shirtless Hobie. Uh, yes. Because he is a child. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, uh, but thanks for ruining it. <laughs> so. It's what I do. So Hobie describes his dream to Mitch, and Mitch asks mm-hmm. this very important question, you know, such a key, important question. Hopi, what was the color of the wave runner? And uh, yeah. apparently it's yellow. And Mitch says it's the color of rescue vehicles. Now, mm-hmm. uh, Wikipedia tells me 
that yellow <laughs> is the color of ambivalence and contradiction, the color associated Ooh. with optimism and amusement, but also also with betrayal, duplicity, and jealousy. But in China and other parts of Asia, yellow is the color of virtue and nobility. Now, I don't know about mm-hmm. you, but I don't want to be rescued by a duplicitous vehicle. <laughs> and so I don't think yellow should be the color of rescue. I think yellow is the color of sin, of <laughs> the devil trying to reach out and trick you. I think they should yeah. be, well, blue on blue probably wouldn't work, but they should be some no. sort of like, uh, like polka dot. That's what they should really be because it's yeah. just like, you can easily see it, but it's like, blue and white polka dot because the lifeguards really want you to know that they stand with Israel <laughs> <laughs> or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> real, real controversial mm-hmm. program we got here. <laughs> yep. Um, after, uh, after Hobie tells Mitch the very important fact about the wave runner being yellow, uh, we go downstairs the next morning and they're having breakfast and talking about Hobie's nightmare and Hobie's got a big book about dream interpretation. So this, and this brings me to a question for you. Sure. Have you ever had a dream that was a premonition? No, I, I can't say that I have. Have you? Uh, thanks. I was just going to ask if you could ask. Me. <laughs> yes, I have. In fact, I have a story for you, Morgan. Ooh, it's a good juicy story. Oh boy! So let's start off with some background, Morgan. I know what the answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Okay. Have you ever heard of Camp Waskowitz? No. Camp Waskowitz is an environmental learning camp. It's uh, officially protected under some law. I don't know which law. Uh, And it's out by Mount Sai, which is a mountain here in Washington. Mm -hmm. And schools frequently bring students to Camp Waskowitz. And they spend a few nights there and they learn about the environment. You learn about how to, like, cut wood with, with, like, a two-person saw. You learn about uh, fishing. Mm -hmm. You learn about... Uh, all sorts of things. Real quick and completely irrelevant, uh, because the quality of audio over Discord sometimes is a little weird, I really thought you said that ghouls brought children there all the time, and I was so curious where this was going. No, that's not the quality. But no, it's schools. That's not the quality of Discord audio. That's my lisp. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I feel bad. thanks. Because I don't actually have a lisp. So, great, now you feel even worse. Yeah, it's true. I just am <laughs> shit at pronouncing everything. So, uh, yes, ghouls bring kids there. And um, so when I was in fourth grade, mm-hmm. I'll age myself here, which was 2001. I went mm-hmm. to Camp Waskowitz. Now, right beforehand, I had a dream. Uh, <laughs> so we have to end the sentence. <laughs> Uh, considering when we're recording this, because it's yeah. tomorrow is Juneteenth. Uh, I didn't know you were uh, David Guetta. Yes, I actually. <laughs> we're, we're both white as hell. Anyways. Um, yes. I had a dream about an earthquake happening. 
Oh. And so the next day at school, uh, we were doing, uh, going over, like, you know, what, what we're going to do and what's going to happen. And I said, well, what about preparing for earthquakes? And my teacher says, yeah, Michael, and then ants are going to come and take us away. Fireballs <laughs> are going to rain from the sky and doom us all. And I was like, well, don't I feel stupid now? <laughs> now, uh, we arrived at Camp Waskowitz on February 20th. Now, this is there's okay. a whole this is going to be a long story. This is a two part right. story. OK, because this episode sucks. Sort of. Yes. So this is a good time for a story. So we arrive on February 20th. We wake up February 21st. I'll get to what happened on February 20th later. <laughs> and we go to the Puget Sound Energy Power Plant located right next to beautiful Snoqualmie Falls, the tallest waterfall in, I think, the contiguous 48 states. Oh. And while we're there outside of the power plant, it starts shaking. And this, my friends, oh. was the 6.0 Nisqually earthquake. Uh, oh, shit. And all of a sudden, everyone starts shouting, we didn't do earthquake training. And someone comes to me and says, Michael, you doomed us. <laughs> Why did you bring it up? You jinxed us. And now it happened. And so I went over to my teacher, smart Alec, prideful, and I mm -hmm. said, Next time, maybe you should do your job. <laughs> wow. Because wow. I was a little piece of shit. I will say, though, that particular bit of the story uh, explains a lot about why we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dreaming of earthquakes? <laughs> No, no, the snarkily correcting your teacher. Yes, yes. Um, I've always because done that, yeah. Boy, oh boy, can I relate to that. <laughs> so this was the a big earthquake in for Seattle. And uh, when mm -hmm. we got back to the camp, they were parents were calling saying, are my kids safe? Whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, like, we're fine. We were all out at a power plant. And they're like, you were at a power plant. What are you doing with our kids? And like, oh, no, we were fine. We were outside the power plant. But there actually was a guy on a kayak going down the falls, going down the, the river uh, when the earthquake happened. I, I assume he 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 survived. I, I, I have no clue. But yeah, here's some stories about Camp Waskowitz. So Camp Waskowitz, okay. you would go there uh, and all of your remains, remains, all of your food waste <laughs> would go to earthworms. Um, but earthworms are lactose intolerant, so they would have you put all your dairy in some other container. And if you put dairy in the wrong container, you got in real big trouble because they're like, you're killing all the earthworms. <laughs> so someone did. And we had to hold a funeral for the earthworms. Um, <laughs> this is very bizarre and weird. Other things that happen. Um, maybe, you know, I don't know if this is related to anything that's, pff, I don't know, going to come up in our lives. Uh, we had to do a Kent Waskowitz version of Gilligan's Island, uh, <laughs> where we had our own version of the theme song. Um, just sit right back wow. in your hotel, a tale of a bunch of kids who got stranded at a sunny camp called Camp Waskowitz. Camp Waskowitz? Yeah. Man, 
I always feel like I missed out a little bit by never being a summer camp kid. This wasn't a summer camp. Also, I hear stories. Oh, this was my private Hebrew school in the middle of February (laughs) taking us to this thing. Fair, but it does feel like a summer camp thing. It does. Now, here is a few other tidbits. The official Mm -hmm. mascot of Camp Moskowitz was Smokey the Bear. Okay. (laughs) So just like just Smokey the Bear. Yeah. Like, okay. Not like like Smokeezy the bear. No, it was Smokey the bear. <laughs> not like Smokoma bear or anything like that. Not like Slappy the frog. <laughs> you know? Smokey the bear. So they ha- yeah. they had a Smokey the bear doll, uh, and it would go to the best cabin. So we were put in different cabins, and um, you know uh, it was groups of like six kids, and we were we had two cabins that were linked together in a shower. But we would have these like team activities where it's like you and your team have to go and like, you know, cut this 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 log of wood with a two man saw or whatever. Right? <laughs> uh, but then also you need to like not kill the earthworms uh, the best <laughs> and clean up your your food. So we were my cabin was C1 and C1 was entirely dysfunctional. Here's some reasons why. <laughs> One, they installed an emergency light that was pure green that would never go off. And it was right above oh, our cabin no. counselor. And this pissed him off a lot. So he took yeah. a broom and smashed it. Uh, <laughs> he just took the blunt end and shattered it at like wow. 8 p.m. one night. And we were like, oh my God, Ari, you're going to get in so much trouble. And he's like. I'll say it was one of you. And we're like, oh, that's great. Sure. Ari. Okay. Whatever. Right. Somehow we're doing really well. Uh, mm-hmm. And we, we first night we win the Smokey the Bear doll. And we're like, holy shit, we're the best. Um, and so we're all fighting over who gets to sleep with Smokey the Bear. Like who gets to have this doll? Uh, and we fight over it so much <laughs> that... Um, Ari turns off the lights, grabs the doll and has a hanger and hangs Smokey the bear over a pipe, turns the lights back on and says, you did this to Smokey. He sits there now. What the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? We were so dysfunctional. Now, every cabin had to have their own motto. And they would when you leave your cabin for the day, you're supposed to be chanting your motto as you went to line up. And then you would say it like when you're in a line or something like that. Uh, and there were like mm-hmm. some groups that really thought about it. Like one of the girls' cabins was like to the east, to the west, something, 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 north, south, A1. Yeah. And we're like, man, that, <laughs> whoa. Ari was like, guys, we got three minutes. <laughs> we got to think of something or we're so rude. <laughs> And your counselor sounds like an interesting person. <laughs> it, was, it was so good. So all of a sudden we're like, oh, we're like, oh, fuck. Like, what do we do? What do we do? And straight out of an 80s movie, this kid, Ira, in the back of the cabin starts going, C1 is so cool. C1 really rules. C1 is the best. C1 forgot the rest. And we're like, we got nothing else. We're doing it. 
Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> so we're just shouting this thing. And people are like doing their own chants. I'm like, we're hearing everybody's for the first time. And people start hearing ours as we came out last because we were, of course, like lazy. Sure. And they all of a sudden start going, wait, what? Like, this is the <laughs> laziest shit I've ever heard. And we're like not into it. And then eventually we get really proud of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're just like, sh- like shouting, forgot the rest. And then we have to start it over. So, I mean, we clearly did it. Um, so <laughs> the story ends with somehow we just ec- somehow uh, we played it off as we're the fucking best and we won the best cabin. So a dude dressed as Smokey the Bear shows up <laughs> to lunch and it just goes, I heard some guys in Cabin C1 have been really good campers. <laughs> uh, and we're like, oh, my God, that's us. What? And we're like, it's Smokey the Bear. Holy shit. Uh, and we're like jumping up and down for some reason in our seats. Like, it's Smokey. Uh, like it's a celebrity or something. And yeah. so we go up and we run up to Smokey the Bear and the hug him. Uh, and uh, we're like singing like i can't remember what it was i think I, and we're like smoky the bear smoky the bear there's like a smoky the bear song and we're like jumping up and down and singing it like we just won like a homecoming game or something like that <laughs> with with the dude in the smoky the bear costume who was probably one of our teachers now that i think about it uh probably yeah so the only other thing i want to bring up mm-hmm. about this story is that at camp Moskowitz. I learned the most important stretching routines in the world. So we had this PE guy named Jason and Jason was just like your normal buff dude, but he was also kind of lazy. So, and also he hated kids. I should add that. (laughs) So he was like, okay guys, we're going to do like this stretch, this stretch. And he could see we couldn't do it that well because we're kids. And he goes, okay, you know what kids? I have a new idea. I just invented this stretch right now. It's called the eyelash stretch. You're going to lay down and you're going to close your eyes for five minutes. Don't open your eyes. And then he walked away. Wow. Wow. That is top tier camp counselor shit right there. I know. So damn. So that's uh, <laughs> that was my premonition dream. Yeah. Yeah. And look, we killed I'm... like 10 minutes on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Normally that would be a problem, but uh this episode needs some filler because boy, is there not much going on. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, we get Mitch trying to convince Thorpe to buy wave runners for rescuing people. Um, and Thorpe thinks that it's not worth it. But he Mitch says it's, it it's, is. it's theoretically saves lives. And I'm like, what's theoretical about it? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, like it gets you from point A to point B. What's theoretical? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this episode is bad. Um, yeah. So uh, next up, we get what's at least an interesting scene, uh, which is to say that we get a super colorful music video set yeah. to a song that sounds a hell of a lot like, uh, what is it, 1984 by Bowling for Soup. Do you know the song I'm talking about? I know Bowling for Soup, but I, but I don't know the song. Um, 1985. Sorry, not 1984. Doesn't change me knowing it. 
All right. I guarantee if you heard it, you would know the song. You'd be surprised, Uh, honestly. That's true. That's true. I feel like it was everywhere, but maybe it's just me. Um, But yeah, it's just like general Venice boardwalk shit and some performer uh, is throwing fire. And then once everyone gives him money, he goes and buys drugs from a sketchy guy in a denim jacket who had been watching him the whole time. Uh, and this goes on for a long time. Yep. I uh, I get an original song. Uh, oh. Yes. This is Burn It Up. Of course, it's called that. Written by Tariq Akoni and Sean McHugh, who is my favorite of the songwriters on this show. Uh, I do dig this, Sean. Uh, this Sean. I dig this Sean. Sean. <laughs> I dig this Sean. Uh, and I, I dig, dig this Sean. I dig this song. And I, I give it a B. Uh, he has a good voice and, it, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, but, Morgan, uh, I'm going to read this song. No, you're going to read this song, and I'm going to read the next one. Uh, All right. So, Morgan, please read the lyrics to this song. All right. I feel the heat. You're so sweet. You know how you blow me away. It's the, Come on not now. Not the tune, just so everybody no, knows. No, not at all. I have never heard this song. Yeah. I don't know what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on now, I'm gonna show you how You're gonna make my day Hot nights, sugar and spice You got me spinning into a dream Burn it up, you make it look so easy Setting fire to the sky, turn it up You have to shake it to tease me You don't even have to try You take my breath away Wish you were here to stay A pretty price to pay You take my breath away Wish you were here to stay You take my breath away Wish you were here to stay. You take my breath away. You have truly transitioned from Morgan Thrapton <laughs> to Elliot Kalen. Oh, yeah. God, I suppose I have, haven't I? Yep. Uh, I mean, you know, it's getting to be that time in my life. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Technically. Uh, mm-hmm. Those lyrics aren't aren't great. No, not not the best. Um, the fact that it uh, basically just all rhymes on A um, kind of sucks. And it's also, a good, it's, it's a good sound to rhyme on. It's fine, but so much of the song rhymes on it. Um, yeah. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. Also, the, the rhyme of easy to tease me. I mean, I guess it's okay. It's a slant rhyme, but... Don't worry. It's really just truly a setup for Sky to try. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's a fine scene. It's got some cool color filters over it. Yeah. That looks um, cool. Yeah. Uh, next we, we go to the headquarters, uh, where Ben is watching a house with some giant comically sized binoculars. Yes. Um, it's the kind of people would put like a coin into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, oh, I should add fun hmm? trivia fact. Did Mm -hmm. you know, uh, that this, that the Baywatch headquarters is in fact a real lifeguard headquarters? Really? So what they did was they called up uh, the the headquarters that they shoot at, and they said, we want to use your place. However, we understand that you actually use this year-round. So what you want to do is we want to pay to build a second floor 
onto your headquarters. We will use the second floor and shoot that. And when we're done, you can use it. Huh. That's really cool. It is. And that's what they did. And so they would just come back every time they were needing to shoot and people could use it uh, or, or they would use it. And then once they, they leave, the lifeguards would use it for the rest of the year. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty, that, pretty cool. That does uh, that does make sense. Like why it feels so realistic, like compared to the rest of the show where it doesn't feel like a lot of effort was put in often like the headquarters feels very realistic, and I guess that's because it is. Yeah, and that's why they that's can cool. get so many random lifeguards to show up in the background is because they're real lifeguards. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, nice. But yeah, uh, Mitch Mitch shows up to uh, talk to Ben, and uh, Ben is like, well, someone must have died. <laughs> and I was like, what, what the fuck? Um, that's a wild way to start this conversation off. Uh, and Mitch also is like, hey, what the fuck, Ben? And Ben's like, well, someone's moving into the old house. It means that uh, that the woman who lived there must have died. It's so it's like it's so weird because Mitch is like, there hasn't been someone there for 20 years. And Ben goes, 31. And it's like, <laughs> wow, OK, this is going to be a creepy plot. I know right away that he knows that. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a weird conversation. Um because, as we know, no one ever moves unless they die. Um, <laughs> not if you're not if you're Ben Shapiro. True. True. Right. If the water rises, just just leave. Mm-hmm. Just sell your exactly. house. Just sell your house. <laughs> Who? I don't know. But just sell your house. Fucking Aquaman. God. <laughs> what a what a fucking it's good. Such video. a great clip. Oh, we're talking about the H-bomber guy clip. On it. Yes. Talking about Ben Shapiro specifically. Such the, a clip. his his whole video on climate change is excellent, but every there's a reason that moment like got viral. Every H bomber guy video is top tier. Uh, which did you see in his most recent video, which is on uh, vaccines? Uh, he does this whole thing about this guy who uh, wrote books about the anti vaccine propaganda uh, uh, and investigated basically the main guy to who purported these claims uh, and the guy started retweeting H bomber guys tweets. And he had a little really? bit of a, like a fan, a fan moment. Like he was like, Oh my God, the guy I talked about in my video was actually retweeting my shit. Holy crap. He watched my video about him. What? Not the bad guy, the good guy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I That's cool. I can't remember their names. Yeah. I have no idea. Speaking of, I, I remember watching that video, but it's been a minute. Speaking of um, names, tell us the name of this actor who Ben why, says lived in this house. Why, Michael, that would be Monica James. No, it's not. the most old timey name. No, it's not. Isn't it? That's what he says constantly throughout the episode. No, It's Maggie. He calls her Maggie at one point, but he calls her Monica the rest of the time. He calls her Maggie every time in mine. Maybe they dubbed it over. Maybe, because there is one time near the end where he calls her Maggie James, and I was like, oh, is Maggie a nickname for Monica? I've never heard that before. Okay, but okay. wait, wait, wait. Now we need to look this up. Hold on. See, <laughs> we need to look up on IMDb. What is she credited as? Yeah, I'm curious now. Okay, so she is credited as Maggie James. Interesting. Maybe, maybe my hearing is as bad as my memory. I mean, I know my hearing's not great, but, uh, 
Wow. Okay. I should go to a. I should go to a doctor. I wasn't call. expecting this. <laughs> Let me tell you, this wasn't a planned bit. <laughs> it really, it really, and truly was not. I'm just learning some important things about myself I'm, today. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Listen, I'm glad. I'm glad that it's happening. So Ben tells us about Maggie James. He says she was the hottest woman on the silver screen. Basically, Mm -hmm. more provocative than Veronica Lake, more elegant than Grace Kelly, tougher than Betty Davis, who I'm actually wasn't super familiar with Betty Davis. Like I've heard the name before, but I didn't say much. So I read her wiki and there's a part in her reception and legacy section where she claims that she forged a career without the benefit of beauty, which if you Google image searcher is complete BS. So, um, (laughs) you know, whatever, Betty Davis. Mm hmm. (laughs) But apparently Maggie James lived in this house during Ben's rookie year at Baywatch. He never got to Mm -hmm. know her, but he did stare at her a bunch. And this this shocks Mitch, who says that the legend of Ben Edwards is that he dated and quote, Every starlet who came within walking distance of his tower, which yeah upsets Ben because Ben it, Ben says starlet Maggie James was a star and then like yeah. grabs something away and I was like this is not a good sign it really isn't he also like boy oh boy uh, Richard Jenkins is the actor's name Jekyll. right Richard uh, right, Jekyll yeah yeah. I've I've never been a huge fan of his no. during Baywatch, um, but boy, is he spectacularly bad this episode. He is making some weird choices that I do not think work. There is one scene that works and every other scene is so it's not it's not good, bad. It's just bad, bad. Yeah. Yeah. This is a low point. I don't I don't understand how he's an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and not just like some minor actor. He was like a major actor for a long time. Oh, yeah. He gets an as in the credits. Right. I can't remember because we did a whole go back to the pilot of of Baywatch of Baywatch Rookie School or uh, season two, episode one to hear about what he's been in, because I can't fucking remember. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't have the slightest idea. You think I remember everything I write? Hell no. I could open it <laughs> up. I have all the notes, but I don't remember this shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we we literally have already talked in the future about how bad my memory is, so that shouldn't that, be surprised if you're a precog. That is a mind fuck. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, so, by the way, just for anybody who doesn't understand that joke, which you won't until the week after this comes out, uh, mm-hmm. which is that we recorded the episode after this, before this. Yeah, if you're if you're wanting to talk this week about uh, Eddie and his statutory rape charges, you should have called in last week when we were talking about that. Um, God, no. the pre-taped call-in show skit is one of my favorite things of all that time. That wasn't last week. Eddie's... Yeah, I know, but I couldn't remember what last week was, and that was the last thing I could remember us talking about. Um, That's (laughs) extremely unfortunate. You don't, Morgan. The last thing we talked about last week was veto. Oh, that was last week. Yeah. God, my brain is so shot. (laughs) Uh, 
<laughs> How could you not want to eat with Fido? It's true. It's true. And and I, and, and hot Carrie Hiroyuki Degawa. Very true. Actually, um, yeah, speaking of that. hot. Oh God, Morgan. <laughs> it's it's time for fire. Um, because it's, wait, would you say it's time to get your <laughs> scorch on? Ugh. I mean, I would if I had thought of it. Okay. <laughs> um, because our performer friend Scorch uh, is playing with fire on the beach in a creepy doll mask. And legit, it was terrifying. I hated watching it. Yeah. And it was like a scene out of a horror movie. Um, he, he, but then he's very, I mean, he takes the mask off, but he's very expressive with his face in a way that creeps me out. Yeah, he's genuinely a good performer in this. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, like Richard Jekyll could learn some things from Scorch. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Jekyll and Scorch sounds like a like weird old cop show. Uh, I see it as like uh, like a lawyer show because like yeah. Scorch is like what he does to his you know to the cases. You know, it's like Richard Jekyll, mm. Scorch. Or, or mm-hmm. like Scorch is like the name he has for like his the affidavits that he gives. Or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know a lot yeah. of stuff. I don't either. Whatever. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's setting fire to some trash barrels and then playing with the fire, and it goes on for quite a while. Yeah. And then Eddie calls up Shawnee to tell her that he's almost done for the day. Uh, and then Scorch goes under Eddie's tower and starts playing with fire some more. But now, now he's setting the tower on fire. Morgan, Morgan, why why would you say that he is um, setting the tower on fire? I still can't tell if it was deliberate or if he was just because, as we'll learn later, uh, on a lot of drugs. Yeah, I um I was hoping that you had an answer because uh, I don't know either. <laughs> he's just high as fuck. Yeah, apparently. Um, but as as Scorch is lighting the tower on fire, Eddie is talking to Shawnee about how he ran into a cult the other day on Venice Beach where the members draw circles in the sand to attract the aliens. And I was so hoping we were going to get like a weird cult plot line. Like that sounded so cool. Did I t- ever tell um, you that my cousin is in a cult? No. That does that. They, she, the circles? Sort of. She goes and she makes offerings at beaches uh, to sea gods. Hmm. Yeah. She also is a big practitioner of Feldenkrais, um, which, uh, let me make sure I don't misrepresent Feldenkrais by, <laughs> by looking up their official description. Uh, All right. So Feldenkrais, the Feldenkrais method, is a type of exercise therapy devised by Moshe Feldenkrais during the mid-20th century. The method is claimed to recognize connections between the brain and body and improve body movement and the psychological state. There is no good medical evidence that the Feldenkrais (laughs) method confers any health benefits. And it it is not known if it is safe or cost effective, but researchers do not believe it poses serious risks. So she is a Feldenkrais (laughs) practitioner who also travels around the world uh, and has like claims to communicate with aliens uh, and makes offering to sea gods. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like uh, sounds like a hell of a life. Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> but yeah, um, Eddie finally notices the fire and tries to put it out, but then he instead decides to just leap off the tower in a shot that they definitely thought was way more dramatic than it actually was. Very uncool. Yes, because like, you know, it's it's your bog standard hero jumps away from an explosion shot, except the explosion in this case is a little bit of fire taking up the right half of the screen. Yeah. Like (laughs) the framing on it is so bad. Um, But he uh, lands on the beach and sees Scorch still under the tower, blowing more fire and is like, hey, man, you got to get out of there. You're going to die. And Scorch doesn't even like notice Eddie or pay attention to him. So Eddie goes and grabs him and drags him out from under the tower. But and Scorch then starts blowing fire at him. Yeah. Yeah. That was fucking wild. I, um, I was like, how are you doing this safely? I, I mean, yeah, because because Scor- the actor who plays Scorch knows how to handle fire, I guess. Yeah, totally. It's I mean, my understanding is that it's. I'm going to say that it's relatively safe here, and I want to stress the word relatively because you are still blowing fire at someone. Yes. But my understanding is that it's relatively safe because essentially the fuel burns off so fast that it's hard to really catch anything else on fire. Um, Because I grew up with a lot of hippies and a fair number of them did fire dancing in one form or another. Ah. Um, I unfortunately never got a chance to, but it does seem like fun. Um, it, yeah, when I went to when I went to circus camp as a kid, I was too young to do any of the you went to fire based camp? activities. Yeah, I went to a circus camp for like a month when I was like eight or nine. What? I I, I <laughs> may have told me this before, but I don't I don't remember. It's possible. This. Yeah, it's I mean, it wasn't I wasn't old enough or athletic enough to do any of the really interesting things like trapeze or anything like that. So mostly I got really, really good at devil sticks And the Diablo and uh, Balance Board. Um, I remember in the 90s when uh, you could. So I went to a market in Portland and we're like, mm -hmm. devil sticks. That sounds cool. Mommy, daddy, I want one. (laughs) And I used it for like a week and I was like, I'm done. I, I still have my set and I still practice with them. Not infrequently. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm not great at it, but it it is fun. I'm sure you're um, better than me, and that's, that's, <laughs> that's the point. Well, I mean, it does help that I've literally had training in it, and yes. <laughs> almost 20 years to practice. Yes, <laughs> it does help. Um, but you know, you know what doesn't help, Michael? Having done a bunch of bad drugs called Spice, uh, because that is what Scorch has done. He has attempted to join the leagues of the navigators and tame Shai Halud by walking without rhythm. But instead, he has fallen prey to the Spice. And now the. I don't know, this is where my remembrance of Dune lore falls off. And so I can't finish that sentence I was going to say, but <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, Morgan. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, <laughs> I, I I always I always accidentally mess it up. So I was like, what, Google. I'll tell you what. He's mm-hmm. not. He's not the Quisatz I'll tell you that. That's true. 
That's true. Uh, nor is he part of the Bene Gesserit. No, well, absolutely not, because uh, I don't know if don't they not allow men in? I think you're right. They're, it's all women. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, uh, in this case, you know, Eddie is our Paul Trades here. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Dune starred Billy Warlock. <laughs> okay, so here's here's my pitch. It's a movie called Dune about spice, but, but it's just Eddie on a sand dune tripping balls on the imaginary drug from this episode for an hour and a half, directed by a combination of um, uh, Yodorowsky and uh, David Lynch. Bonin. <laughs> it's, it's the three biggest names. Lynch, mm-hmm. Yodorowsky, Bonan. <laughs> Bring you... Spice voice. <laughs> <laughs> also, now that we know that his name is pronounced Bonan, uh, I would like to propose uh, Bonan the Carbarian. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, I like it. This is much funnier. I, I don't know what Bonin. it is, but <laughs> Bonan is just like okay, that's a normal name. But Bonan, oh man, yeah, I'm gonna get some good bones in there. Oh boy, uh, that's definitely a character from Zardoz. Oh, absolutely. It's like Bonan. Secretly, it's <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde. I don't know. <laughs> Zardoz is. I bet your Bonan could get to level three. Uh, <laughs> God, I love Zardoz. Zardoz um, is great, but, but it's also horrible. But yes. Yes. Uh, so but this, this episode continues the trend of uh, Eddie just being shit to anyone who's not uh, in some way privileged because uh, mm-hmm. it keeps on calling them this crazy. Um, and and Mitch, yeah. Mitch says, I know Scorch. He's been working the Strand, which is the Venice Beach Strip, for years, and he's not crazy. Shawnee says, Mitch, the man eats fire. Yeah, he's crazy. And Mitch says, so he cooks his food after he swallows it. Big deal. Uh, which I thought was actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good that line. Is pretty good. But also, like, it's cool. Mitch is just like, I grew up around Venice Beach. These people aren't crazy. They're just street performers. Like, yeah, he gets it. And I thought, OK, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's true. True. Yeah. No, Mitch is fine this episode. I mean, he's barely in it, but. Oh, yeah, no. Mitch is Mitch is just classic hunk. Mm hmm. Um, speaking of classic hunks, uh, I'm just going to do that all the time for the rest of this episode now. Um, uh, Ben goes to, uh, apparently Maggie James's house. We'll see if I remember that that's her name in the rest of my notes. Sure. Um, and he's adjusting her sign and it turns out that she's there and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Step away <laughs> Jeff, from the Jeff sign. The, is it, no, is it, uh, Bill Ingvall goes, here's your sign. I can't remember which of the yeah. white collar comedy guys or blue I collar. I have comedy. no idea. White collar comedy, <laughs> very different from blue collar comedy. White collar comedy is all just jokes about Excel. It's really just Ron White <laughs> doing jokes about Excel, yeah. but also he's like in prison. Oh no! I mean that's the joke is because it's a white collar oh, crime, oh. so he's in prison, but he's talking about Excel. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. they're not. You know, being addicted because it's a white collar <laughs> crime and uh, mm-hmm. he gets to go to good prison or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, ben, uh, Ben is dry as a bone 
And <laughs> so he's gonna he's gonna go get drunk. Um and so Monica James in Nope, I'm just not gonna remember that. Go for um, it. Whatever. <laughs> Let's be a bit. Do it. Yeah. Um invites him in for a drink and then they banter and flirt for a long time. So um this is uh, they have no chemistry. Let's just add that. They have no, no chemistry together. No. Uh, ben says, may I say you're more beautiful than ever? And she says, you may, but I don't believe it. However, I love compliments. And mm-hmm. they talk about the good old days. And she says, don't ask me questions or you will have to leave. He apologizes. She says, never apologize. No regrets. That's the secret of life. So he drinks. He hates to drink. Yeah. She tells him to turn sideways and is like, ah, that's a face yeah. from 31 years ago that I that remember. That scene was so weird. But we have a reason for it later. Uh, but uh, which yeah. we'll, we'll get to. It's a random. The reason's not better. No, it's not, <laughs> it's not a great reason. But she goes, did you work as a lifeguard in the summer of 62 of Dickety 2, perhaps? Not Dickety, because it's the six, <laughs> uh, perhaps. And he says, mm-hmm. he, I thought questions were not allowed, which is a question. And she says, mm-hmm. by you, not me. He says, no. He she has to answer. He gets to answer hers if she answers his. <laughs> this is this is so horrible, guys. Anyways, it's so boring. Ben asks, after 30 years, why did you come back? And she says, I never should have left. So he responds, yes. And she says, <laughs> yeah. what? And he goes, which is a fucking weird way to respond. Yeah. And, and she goes, what? And he says, to your question. And then she offers him more sherry. And he goes, mm-hmm. Ugh, do you have beer? And she says, absolutely not. So then he has more sherry and he hates it. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, look, this is this is boring. This is so boring. I don't understand what got cut out of your episode then if all of this is still in. I'd have to watch it. But like, yeah, yeah there's. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it the scene ends uh, with Ben telling uh, Monica that he used to watch her from his tower, um, which totally isn't creepy. Nope, not at um, all. Nope, not nope. at all. Um, but don't worry if you're all feeling hot and bothered from that last scene. I've got something to cool you off. It's a whole bunch of dead fish on the beach. And I think um, they're real. <laughs> I, they looked pretty real. Yeah. Um, I'm not shocked given Baywatch's um, yeah. maybe lack of animal safety. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's just a bunch of dead ass fish. As, yeah. as they say, women want me, fish fear me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's the motto of my life. I'm going to get it as um, a hat. I have a friend who, I, who, who bought the hat. I think you should. I, sh- I think that's a good look. I'm not necessarily a hat person. Maybe I should get it as like a, as a T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, what if I get it as a baseball tee? Anyways, continue. <laughs> you should get it with a screenshot of all the dead fish from this episode. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> I want that. I want a graphic tee. I want it to be the graphic tee of, of, the, of the dead fish all around print and then... Uh, you take some like a white background and then you paste the picture of <laughs> women want me fish fear me 
Um, and you can clearly see where that picture ends. So then it's on the white background and that's just in the oh, yeah. middle. Oh, oh, that's actually designer. Like I could actually see yeah. someone wear that. Yeah, that's that's going to be our first actual piece of merch. I I'm not joking. I 100 percent actually really yeah. want that. Yeah, it's disgusting. And I want it. <laughs> it's very good. Um, but yeah, uh, Connors shows up to the headquarters and tells Eddie and Shawnee that the drug that uh, Scorch was on is spice. Yes. And it, that's pretty much the whole scene. And it takes like a minute and a half. Um, and then Mitch and Hobie are driving on the beach. Oh, well, Hobie... we should, sorry, we should add that. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember if we said this before, because this episode is a blur or this recording is a blur. Um, <laughs> Both, honestly. <laughs> yeah, is that Eddie tells Detective Connors he kept saying sumo. Which is yeah. weird to me because the... I thought a few uh, thought a few things when I heard sumo. One, of course, I thought sumo wrestler, and two, yeah. I thought of uh, the only thing I had besides San Pellegrino and bald water when I went to Portugal, which is a drink called sumo, which is kind of like uh, <laughs> think of it more as like uh, like passion fruit Fanta. That actually sounds great. It, it's it's really good. There's a reason why I didn't drink the water. One because. You know, it's Atlantic <laughs> water and I'm not used to it. And it's also over in Europe yeah. and it's going to mess with your bowels and such. Because uh, that's just the way it works when you go overseas is drink the water sometimes and it's not filtered. Your body isn't used to it. Um, so I drank a lot of Sam Pellegrino, a lot of Sumo. And when I went, I was 16 and there I could drink beer. And so that was the first time I was like, I'm going to a place and I'm getting beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's it's the way to do it. There's a picture of me, uh, which uh, I was told I had that back in the day when I like first got on Facebook. It's like my profile pic of me with this beer uh, in Portugal. <laughs> and I was told by like some like high school counselor or something like that. You got to take that down. Otherwise, colleges will not accept you. You got to oh, take God. down that beer pick. And I was like, oh, no, they've already refused me because I drank beer. No, <laughs> like a thing that historically no one does in college. Right. I, I went to a, I went to Catholic school. I went to a Jesuit school and like I used to drink with the priests like I because yeah. I was a plumber. I would fix their toilet <laughs> and they would be like. Thanks for fixing my toilet. Do you want to have a beer with me? And I'd be like, yeah. And they just, they have this room, <laughs> lounge room where they hang out. And they have a giant refrigerator in the middle of the room with all of the beer. And so we go grab a beer. And there was this this kitchen. And they were always making fantastic food. So, like, one day I remember I sat down with this, with uh, one of the fathers. Um, we had a beer and we were eating squid ink pasta. Uh, talking about, you know, the New Testament for a while. It was really cool. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. College was awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I am like, I am very not religious and I would totally do that. That sounds dope. Oh, there. I mean, controversial podcast opinion time. The, Mm -hmm. The best priest to talk to is a Jesuit because they're the ones who are the least pushy and judgy about other Interesting. people because their whole focus is education they're not like okay. their focus isn't like 
oh, like proselytize or anything like that. Sure, sure. They're, like they have Jesuit churches, but they're not uh, like the the main focus. If you are a, a, a priest in uh, the Jesuit uh, or in of the Jesuits, you are dedicating yourself to education. That's just that's Ignatius of Loyola. That was his thing. And that's what they follow. So the current Pope, Pope, Pope Francis, is a Jesuit. So he was an educator mm. uh, in Argentina. So, gotcha. Uh, Jesuit schools are typically the, uh, Catholic schools that are very uh, much uh, more liberal, have a lot more diversity, and have a lot more LGBTQ presence. Because they're like, oh, cool. look, we just, we don't judge as much like Jesus still, you know, doctrine, whatever. But we try sure. not to judge because we're just about educating people. So they're just all chill dudes who like sit around and drink beer and just like to talk about whatever. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I got to talk to one of them about the classic song Detachable Penis. Uh, you know, great song. Uh, anyways. That's um, King Missile, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that song. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, very weird thing to talk with uh, an educator <laughs> and religious figure about. But you know what? Yeah. Times change, Morgan. They sure and do. You know what else changes? What, Michael? Uh, not this episode. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Tell us what uh, happens next. <laughs> yeah, Mitch and Hobie are driving down the beach uh, when Hobie sees one of the guys from his dream running by. Ooh. And Mitch is like, are you sure? And Hobie's like, I saw him four times in my dream. And then the scene ends. No, what does he call it? What does Hobie uh, call it? I don't remember. He calls it Digiview. Right. Which made me laugh hard because Mitch is like, it's deja vu. And Hobie responds, (laughs) and and then Mitch goes, everything will be fine. And Hobie shouts, that's what Lincoln said. And Mitch Mitch goes, who? And Hobie says, Abe Lincoln, duh. And I was like, what is going on in this episode? And he's like, before he got shot, he had a dream and he didn't pay attention to it. You're going to end up like Abe Lincoln. I'm like, Mitch Buchanan isn't necessarily in the same tier. As Abe Lincoln. <laughs> I was so checked out of the episode by this point that that exchange did not even register with me. But that is very funny. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, Mitch Buchanan doesn't really have, like, emancipation. You know, pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Mitch has done literally nothing in his life that close comes close to comparing to that. Yeah. Even if emancipation was done only to beat the South. Uh, and not actually to, you know, like empathize with slavery. It's still better than anything Mitch Buchanan has ever done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know what is slightly better? Uh, that's right. It's a really long wave runner montage. While in my version, some very 90s hard rock plays. I actually listened and, to yours. Oh, well. what did you think? Uh, it's grungy. It's grungy metal. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah, it was it was perfectly acceptable. I had no complaints with it. Um, but this whole demonstration is just to prove to the suits in charge of headquarters that we need to buy Wave Runners for Baywatch. Yeah. Uh, so I also get get an original song here. Uh, you have an instrumental. I don't. Yes. Uh, oh, interesting. I have uh, a hard rock song. It's bluesy rock, 
So yours is okay. more uh, grungy. Mine is much more Led Zeppelin. Um, it's pretty good, actually. Uh, I, I the song slaps. Like I would listen to nice. this to this song. The lyrics aren't great. Uh, the lyrics pretty, like suck, but I would see this on a real album. Uh, sure. So here are the lyrics. I'm gonna right. fly, fly, fly. I'm gonna fly, fly, fly. I got the wind in my <laughs> sail. I'm gonna drive, drive, drive. I get that motor to wail. Yeah, we're flying in the sun. Yeah, we'll fly till the day is done. I'm gonna ride, ride, ride. I'm gonna take, take, take what I want. Yeah, we're flying Ugh. in the sun. And then here's the best part, Morgan. Okay. Sun, 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 So up until that point, I was like, I don't know, this sounds like perfectly fine generic, but ooh, that's, they phoned that part in, huh? Yeah, no, but the whole song slaps, so like it works, but like this this montage, like, it's cool. It's just so long. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been fine if it was half the length. Yeah. But it just drags. Half of this episode is cool. And the other yes. half is almost like hilariously as a dichotomy, the exact opposite. Yeah. Except for this next scene, um, which I really like this next scene. Is this where uh, Ben's on his big lifeguard chair? Drunk? Yes. Yes. And Mitch comes over and they banter a little bit about how Ben has been meeting up with Monica James. And oh, did you not write down time with her? Did you write down any of the words? Oh, I wrote down the last line that Mitch says to Ben. Oh, no, um, there's there's a lot <laughs> more to talk about here. All right. So first off, to establish that Ben is drunk. He starts mm-hmm. off by shouting, which is not a thing that Ben ever does, uh, has done before. And he says, mm-hmm. top of the world, Mitchy boy. Uh, <laughs> not a thing he does. Uh, and, no. and Mitch goes, oh, what's up with you? And he goes, Sherry in teeny tiny glasses. It's the most <laughs> revolting liquid that has come out of a perfectly good grape, uh, which <laughs> I was like, this is fun. I like this, Ben. Yeah, I dick drunk Ben. And then uh, Mitch says, how many have you had? He goes, I only had two, but I broke one. (laughs) Uh, So Ben mentions Maggie slash Monica slash Mildred Mm -hmm. slash Marianne slash Mitch. Um, No, that was last episode and also next episode. I can't keep time. (laughs) I only learned about the environment at Waskowitz, not time. Okay. (laughs) You didn't go to time camp? Come on, Michael. (laughs) I I did. Okay, so I went to film school camp uh, multiple Mm -hmm. years. I went to sports camp. I went to Waskowitz. Uh, and then I also went to Pokemon Trading Card Camp. Oh, hell yeah. It was at Wizards of the Coast. It was one week. Uh, nice. And we were in the same room as Match of the Gathering Camp, Legend of the Seven Rings Camp. Then for lunch, we would all meet in the middle at this big-ass TV. It must have been, like, it was an entire wall. Uh, it was a bunch of TVs, like, put together to make one big mm-hmm. TV. Uh, it's very 90s. Uh, and... We would play the original Super Smash Brothers on it, and everyone like knew who each other was because we all oh, had like shit. the different characters that we would play. 
And then you could also rent uh, by rent. I mean, because you were in the camp, it was free. You could pick a station where they had a, like a video game console and you could pick from the library and just play any game for as long as you wanted. So I could sit Got down it. and play Ocarina of Time as long as I wanted until like my parent came to get me. That sounds so dope. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I'm very, yeah, it was very, very cool. And then we would go upstairs as a group and we'd like buy trading cards and we'd like open up the pack and he'd be like, mm-hmm. oh my God, you got this. And then we'd be like constructing our decks for like the next day. Uh, totally. And it was, of course, run by a guy who did not know anything about this. They'd be like, <laughs> watch out, guys. This guy has a like pulls out notes. Charizard. <laughs> it's real scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great. I'm now realizing that my childhood was a little bit more exciting than I like to give it credit for. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd say so. But anyways, Ben mentions Maggie uh, mm-hmm. and Mitch says, I thought she was dead. And Ben says, well, that's how rumors get started. And Mitch goes, <laughs> you were the one who told me. <laughs> yeah. And he says he was happily misinformed. Uh, but when he left. He felt something he hadn't in years. And Mitch goes, plastered. And Ben says, no, (laughs) boiling like a volcano. Mm -hmm. Which then Mitch tells Ben what? Uh, Mitch says, just try not to erupt. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Which I fucking died laughing at. And then then (laughs) Ben falls asleep immediately. Yep. Mm -hmm. I really like drives away. This is the best scene in the episode. It's yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I I would say that this is the best scene in the episode. There's not a lot of strong competition. No, but (laughs) next up, we get a very brief scene where Shawnee and Connors are in headquarters and Shawnee is like the fish died because they took too many drugs. And Connors is like, are you sure? And Shawnee goes, it's right here in the lab report. And and then the scene's over. No, no, Morgan. Okay, you can't do this. You can't do this. All right, all right. There's two (laughs) great one-liners from Shawnee. Okay. That are so clearly not written by Shawnee. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is, I've heard of putting spice on fish, but never to the point where they OD. Yeah. And then the second one, which (laughs) is, and this one is subtle Mm -hmm. for like two seconds, and then it's not. Mm-hmm. I guess this school didn't have a just say no program. Yeah. School of fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's that's not a Shawnee line no. at all. <laughs> no, you did not write. You wrote this for Detective Connors or for somebody. You did not write. It's this a for Harvey somebody. line. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Or or uh, or or a Thorpe line. Yeah. 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 Again, I was pretty checked out by this point in the episode. Don't worry. I have too many notes. Perfect. Um, Next up, we get another scene of Ben and Mrs. James and Ben has brought her flowers. And he also, I think, memorized a review about her that he recites to her. Oh, is that what it is? I think that's what it's supposed to be. That makes sense because... It's so robotic. Yeah. He, he, he. So the review is Maggie James was a dynamic presence who memorized, mesmerized her audience, unlike Ben, with her rare mm-hmm. and magnificent beauty. And she's like, yes. Oh, I love good reviews. Yeah. 
that's why I was pretty sure that it was a review. That and just the way that it's written feels very like 1970s movie critic to me. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I then, think of like Gene Shalit, like, don't <laughs> yeah. hip hop to Maggie James <laughs> newest. Uh, newest automotive vehicle. <laughs> God, what a what a fucking talent that man was. <laughs> Genuinely, I love Gene Shalit's work. He's great. Um, but yeah, he brought her flowers and memorized a review about her. And so now, what does that equal? Why, Michael? It's a jazz montage about flirting. Yeah. Um, and so they eat dinner and they dance a little bit and then they sit on the couch. So um, I I also get an original song. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. This is Moonview Trumpet performed by BMG Library. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a nice trumpet song, but it's lacking in lyrics. So it gets an F minus because... BMG Library are a bunch of washed up the silly wannabe hacks. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you get a much different song that yours is much more upbeat. So you yeah. get like an upbeat big band. I get a, a downbeat big band. Uh, but the fun fact is, in your version, you can hear some of the audio of them speaking during the dinner. Um, a little bit, yeah. And for mine, they dub over it with the music, but... They subtitle it based on the audio from the original. Interesting. So you can actually they you can't hear them at all. There is no audio track for them, but you do have subtitles to know what they're saying. And it doesn't really help. They're boring. But yes, (laughs) uh, but I thought it was a really weird choice. But yeah, it's you know, it goes on for a while and they have no chemistry. So it's not that exciting to watch. No. but then after they sit on the couch, Ben suggests they go for a midnight swim. And Monica is like, how dare you get out of my house? And Ben's like, what did I do? And she's like, I don't want to tell you right now. <laughs> Just leave and lock the door on your way out. And so he does. Yes. Yep. And then um, is this the scene with the picture? Uh, no, that's later. OK. okay. Uh, first, we get uh, Hobie having another nightmare. The same nightmare. But and Mitch comes in to comfort him. But what's different about this one? I don't remember. Mitch wakes him up, but he's wearing a shirt this time. Ah, shirted Mitch. (laughs) The one who lets us down. (laughs) The work of the devil. (laughs) I will say um, this scene, I think, might be the best acting we've ever seen from Hobie. Like, he genuinely felt like a kid who had just woken up from a nightmare where his dad died. The scene is so short, I can't even... I I can't even reasonably say that. It's not much acting to be had. Yeah, I suppose that's true. But it it felt very real and very sweet in a way that Mitch and Hobie's interactions rarely do. Sure. Um... But next up, we get Monica James uh, meeting Ben at a tower that he's at and and they flirt some more and they're going to go down to the beach. And there's some very cheesy one liners that I didn't bother writing down. Oh, we don't get you this. have. Oh, interesting. We don't get this scene. I, I get um, what my notes go is Hobie asks why Mitch won't listen to him. Mm-hmm. Maggie has a photo of Ben back from when he was young 
And he finds okay. a boat named Sumo. <laughs> yeah, so this is basically the intro to the photo scene. Oh. Um, like, there's just another minute and a half of them flirting before they go down to the beach, and it, Monica James tells him that she took a picture of him when he was a young lifeguard and that he had such a good face and whatever. Nope, don't um, that. Oh, interesting. And then she's like, I'm going to tell you why I don't want to go swimming. She does. We do get that. She does. Okay. So it's so I don't know if it's in the same order. So it's like we get the photo. Then we get Mm -hmm. Eddie and the people on the boat looking for Sumo. And then that's uh that's the thing with this version. She says, I'm going to tell you why I won't go swimming opens her mouth and then it cuts to Eddie on a commercial break. Oh yeah. No, it, it goes from, for us, it's like her holding a picture of Ben when he was mm. young to commercial break to Eddie finding a, you know, trying to find yeah. a boat named Sumo. Find, yes. Finding a, a boat named Sumo is just such a weird. <laughs> it's the sequel to a girl named Sue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, There's basically Eddie, Sue. A boy named Sue. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eddie tells Shawnee that the that um, Sparks. The fuck was his name? Scorch. Scorch. (laughs) Scorch. Um, Optimus Prime. (laughs) Optimus Prime. Exactly. Um, Tells uh, Shawnee that Optimus Prime was chanting sumo and that that's the name of a boat that's been hiding by the docks and it doesn't have its running lights on. And then Shawnee goes. Doesn't have its running lights on, <laughs> as if this is some like big clue that blew the whole thing open that she yeah. just figured out. Like, God damn it, you're a genius. Very acted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we go back to uh, to Maggie and Ben on the beach, uh, and it turns out that her husband drowned, and that's why she's afraid of Wait, swimming. Is he a husband? I thought it was just he was a director who was her. I. Honestly, couldn't tell. It's not. It's not very well written. <laughs> the point is, is that the story mimics theirs, which is like they or mm-hmm. what would be is they went out for a midnight swim together, and he'd been drinking, and then he didn't make it back. But mm-hmm. there's this horrid line, which she says, "He didn't make it back to shore when I staggered up the beach past your, that your tower. I couldn't help but think." Where was my lifeguard when I needed him? Yeah. And Ben immediately responds, it was midnight. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, like, yeah, no shit, he wasn't there. Yeah. I laughed no, out loud at this. I thought this was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, this is so badly written. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's Douglas Schwartz doesn't stay on the show very long. Michael Thank Burke, God. Michael Burke, and Gregory Bonans. I so weird to say Gregory Bonans <laughs> stay on this show, but Douglas Schwartz leaves. Like I think at the end of season two. Uh, okay, and Doug has been what? Doug has been writing more episodes <laughs> than Michael Burke has. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think um, I think we'll get some of the the shitty like weird i don't know if they're necessarily tropes but i feel like every douglas schwartz episode feels like a douglas schwartz episode where you're like this is just exceedingly bad and amateurish yeah 
Yeah, I honestly like the feeling I had throughout this entire episode was that this feels like a season one filler episode. Like, yeah, it's it's got that same just like directionless, badly written. I don't really care about any of the plot lines or any of the characters like and just kind of nothing happens for long stretches of the episode. What I mean, it's better than some of the other stuff we got. Oh, for sure. And I'll I'll give you a a slight spoiler, Mm -hmm. which is that I like it more than what is technically next week's episode that we recorded <laughs> yesterday. Small spoiler for uh, Ooh. a, a uh, three-hour tour, one may say. The episode isn't three hours, don't worry. That's a, <laughs> that's a hint to the topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Let's let's wrap this bad boy up. We've got a couple more scenes. Oh, oh, oh uh, you should know. We should talk about the scene a little bit more. Uh, oh, just to give context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she says that for 30 years, 31, she's waiting mm-hmm. for some. She she means 31. She says 30 because she's like Morgan. She has horrible memory. I'm sorry. I didn't. <laughs> I, I don't want to diss you like that, Morgan. I'm sorry. I, you are more than welcome to. OK, so she says that for 30 years, she waited for someone to knock at the door and ask her about that night. Which is mm-hmm. stupid because no one was going to because she also yeah. wasn't there. Anyways, she says, yeah. when you're a movie star, <laughs> there's no accidents, only scandal. So the more she stayed away, the more people talked about her. So then she mm-hmm. asked if um, Ben injured himself saving someone's life. And he says, yeah. She says, this would make a good movie. Not today, God forbid, but a classic movie. And she mm-hmm. asks, how do you think it would end? And Ben being an uncreative, basic yutz, says, <laughs> I don't have any idea. So she has to pull out the creative juices and say, mm. and I quote, would they let their golden opportunities pass them by and leave the audience in tears? Or would they seize the moment and send them home elated and fulfilled? Well, here's the answer. Neither is happening in this episode because it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, what happens is uh, they make out a little bit and then they cuddle on the beach. But they make out while talking about lotion. Yes. So they're like talking about, maybe we should rub some lotion on your face. And they cut. But right before they kiss, they cut, they fade into a cuddle. Oh, they kiss in, in the original. Oh, so yeah, for us, it's their lips are about to touch. It kind of shimmer fades. And then her head is on his shoulder. <laughs> they do the shimmer fade, but I feel like I remember them kissing. I don't know. Eh. I, I might. I I'll words. You don't need to. No. Yeah, I was going to say I would say that I would go back and watch it, but I'm not going to. No, don't don't go back and watch. Next up, we've got Eddie and Connors and a bunch of other cops are going to the boat sumo. They're on another boat heading there. Um, and that goes on for a while. And they're just on a boat. And then we go to Thorpe and Mitch, where Thorpe is telling Mitch that despite your best demonstrations, uh, the suits aren't buying it. We're not going to get you wave runners. But Mitch is already on the wave runner that's already painted in Baywatch yellow with the words Baywatch lifeguards on it. So I don't know what the company is going to do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And luckily, he has with him his two favorite cohorts. Lifeguards Mikey Newman 
Mikey Nooms, mm-hmm. the Nooms, mm-hmm. and lifeguard Jim Barnett, the Barnett, the Barney. <laughs> um, so it's him, Noomy, and Barney, the, <laughs> the three musketeers. The three uh, Mitchketeers. Bu- Butchie, Noomy, and Barney. <laughs> <laughs> and Mitch is just a rebel, so he just takes off. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it, Noomy and Barney follow him. Mm-hmm. It's because uh, there's a call over the PA saying that Connors is at the boat and we need backup now. And so Mitch is like, this is what I'm going to use to justify buying the Wave Runners. And Thorpe's like, if you crash it, just don't bring them back. And it was a very weird line. He's like, why is it, why would you bring it back if you crash it? Like, what would be? Yeah. How, how would you? Mm hmm. Um, but then we cut over to the boat and the cops have arrested everyone and found the drugs. It's yep. just it's so abrupt. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and then there's a wave runner chase that I don't know when the bad guys got on wave runners. They don't bother to show that. Oh, part. they do. They do. Oh, they so do. Oh, OK. Much but much earlier on, it's when the stingray is approaching the boat They oh, see in the okay. corner, some ca- some driving away and Connors goes, Stay on the mothership. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the mothership? It's a boat called Sumo, my dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a big wave runner chase, and Hobie's nightmare starts to come true because Mitch is in the water. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You missed the best part of this scene. I did. Which is, which is the villains go on their wave runner or whatever underneath mm-hmm. a bridge and some fishermen get really upset and they start shaking their fists at them. And oh, going, yeah. Ah! And I thought, <laughs> this is good world building. Thanks, Baywatch. Yeah, it's a real callback to all those season one episodes where we had to listen to fishermen complain about teens shooting the pier. You know, just these dumbbell kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still the best insult. It's a great insult, uh, but except for wasn't. Oh, so that's a weird place to insert it in a sentence. Uh, but when uh, Mitch's brother Buzz, not to be confused with Buzz Belmondo, comes back and he has his kid with him, doesn't he call Hobie a Barney? Yeah. Which is supposed to be uncool. You Barney, which is actually Dumbbell is better. You're right. Dumbbell kid is better. I don't know. They're both pretty strong contenders. Yeah, you look. It's top, top, top three anime insults. Barney, Dumbbell Kid, Motherfucker. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, Mitch is, uh, Mitch is in the water. And there's a wave runner coming at him. But then he remembers Hobie's dream. And so he ducks underwater and, and doesn't get hit. I, and this leads into the second best scene of the entire episode. Yeah. Which is so Jim Barnett. And Mikey Nooms catch up with the other Wave Runner, mm-hmm. and uh, the Wave Runner punches Noomi, yes. and Barnett then punches the guy. They get on the Wave Runner, and they have a mega awesome high five, and they shout, "Yeah!" <laughs> uh, it's very good. It but, was pretty dope. But their Wave Runners clearly were stopped; like they were not yes. moving anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, which I think is funny, but the high five was so worth it. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like they have childlike glee in their faces. 
Yeah, no, that was that was a fun moment. And it was it was a nice little, you know, bullet at the end of an otherwise very boring episode. Yes. <laughs> um, but now we get our final scene, uh, which is Mitch and Hobie on the beach. And Mitch tells Hobie that Mitch is only alive because of Hobie's dream. And this definitely isn't going to fuck Hobie up at all. Um, and then Hobie's like, don't worry, I had a different dream last night about a girl. And the first question Mitch asks, well, no, was she? It's a- no, no, it's not about a girl. It's that you got married. Oh, I think I missed that part. I yeah, thought this says, whole scene was about Hobie having a sex dream, and it made no. the rest of this scene very uncomfortable to watch. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hobie says he had a dream about Mitch getting married. Oh, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> that, that makes that so much more sense. Okay. So, yeah, Mitch asks Hobie if it was if the girl was a blonde or a brunette. There's- as we know, according to Baywatch, there are three genders. There are mm-hmm. there is blonde, there is brunette, and there is beef boy. <laughs> was she a beef boy? Oh, she was a beef boy. Hell yeah. <laughs> All of our fans, by the way, are beef boys. It's true. Absolutely. Yeah. Um but yeah. We put that in our uh, somehow in our Twitter bio is just Yeah. Fans are beef boys. Uh, we should uh, include the line home of the beef boys in our bio. <laughs> oh, that's so much better. Oh, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, yeah, we'll do that. And then it won't make sense for <laughs> three to four weeks until this episode comes no, out. No, not even this week. It Well, yes, this part. But we do establish that our fans are called beef boys. True. Back when we had on Jamie. True. Uh, and we did say that's what our fans are called, Beef Boys. That's true. I don't remember when that episode comes out, but at some point. The, the week after this, the week before this one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is not a week from next episode, which was last episode, which is in the future. Morgan, I thought you went to time camp. <laughs> yeah, that's how I'm able to understand this. Yeah, exactly. I did go to so it's so confusing to me. Yeah. Um, but the episode ends with Mitch saying, well, Hobie, if you ever dream about that woman again, wake me up, because your dreams sound much better than mine. Um, and then they play tag. And that line in particular, when I thought this was about Hobie having a sex dream, was fucking weird. Um, but it does make way more sense in the actual context of the episode, yes. which is Hobie having a dream about Mitch being married. <laughs> yes, makes a lot more sense. Yes. But yeah, so, that is uh, that's the episode Sea of Flames, right? Yes. Yeah. So, Morgan, mm-hmm. on a scale of one to ten, with one being ruining your food so bad that the smoke alarm goes off and ten is getting your boy toy, David Hasselhoff talk to you about Wuthering Heights. Where do you rate this episode? Um, yeah, I mean, this episode wasn't offensive in any way, which was pleasant. But it also wasn't good. I didn't enjoy watching it, and I found myself very bored. Um, so I think I'm gonna have to give this episode a... I'm between a three and a four, and I think I gotta go four... Just because it, you know, it wasn't offensive. It was just a filler episode. It 
It was fine. I, you know, if more episodes were like this, it would at least be better than the shit they've been pulling for most of season two. Um, so yeah, I'll give it a four, and I will say that a four is the experience of having developed a dope new drug, and, you know, you start to get it out there, people are digging it, but then the cops step in and you get arrested, and it's all over. How about you, Michael? I'm also going to give it a four. Uh, I don't think it's a five. I don't, I think this is, it, it is around average, but it's worse than an average episode of Baywatch. Yeah. Um, I I, we've had some that I'm just like, that's a very average episode, and this just doesn't... It's too boring, but it's yeah. not horrible in terms of, like, it's not offensive, as you said. It's not, like, wildly, like, wow, that's dumb as shit. It's not, <laughs> it's not any of that. It's it's just, like, average but boring. So that's, like, what a four is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to say a four is... Hugging a person in a Smokey the Bear costume when you were 11 and then it taking you till you're 30 years old to realize that, that was your teacher in the Smokey the Bear costume and not a random person that they hired to be Smokey the Bear, uh, which, wow, I am embarrassed. Honestly, though, I'm pretty sure the real revelation is going to happen in another 19 years when you realize that, no, that was actually Smokey the Bear. Just I'm going like to realize that, that you're actually Smokey the Bear. Shit, this is supposed to take another 19 years. <laughs> well, you know, luckily, uh, every... So for me, the big the big things in my life are 19 and 30. Uh, because every, every 30, we get a big Monday. And every mm-hmm. 19, we have an important revelation about, you know, ourselves. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're getting to really, like, refine your own personal theory of numerology. And it's I think actually, that's what this podcast is about. It's actually that I, I'm finally, thanks to this podcast, figuring out a, a schedule. Ah. It's, it's you know, <laughs> it's far and few in between, but it is a schedule. Yeah. Um, now, Morgan, let's mm-hmm. talk about next episode. Yes, let's. This next episode is... Um, one you've already done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's called Now Sit Right Back and You'll Hear a Tale. It is mm-hmm. a Gilligan's Island episode. It sure is. And uh, it's a guest episode. It is a guest episode. Um, the episode uh, description on the Baywatch wiki is a routine rescue sends Eddie on a madcap adventure to Gilligan's Island. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty succinct. Yeah. Um. Uh, the Baywatch Wiki says, a totally weird weekend begins. I didn't know this was a weekend. Uh, yeah. When at, that's an important plot point we missed. Um, after Eddie slips and hits his head, he and Shawnee respond to a stranded jet skier when they find Gilligan and Marianne stranded on a nearby island. Taking them back to Baywatch headquarters, things could even... I I, I forgot that I was speaking <laughs> during the middle of the word headquarters, and so I sort of drift, drifted off at the end. And I was like, headquarters. Mm, mm. <laughs> things get even more weird when Captain Thorpe wants to make a TV movie about Gilligan, Marianne, and all the Baywatch team with the millions he just won in a lottery. While taking a boat out to show the two castaways around, they run into a storm, and Eddie, Shawnee as Ginger, Gilligan, Marianne, 
Harvey as the professor, Captain Thorpe as the millionaire, and Garner as the skipper get stranded on another tropical isle in the middle of nowhere, and it really becomes Gilligan's Island. Um, yeah. I will say... Wanna... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that uh, this is... Because we have recorded it already, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell you all that this is going to be a controversial it is uh, episode. Uh, there are some very different opinions, uh, wildly across yeah. across uh, the three of us in this episode, mm-hmm. and I think it also is controversial in terms of how other people see it too. <laughs> I now now Michael, we've heard two very good descriptions of the episode, but I I would like to give a third description of the episode from a source that we haven't actually used before. Um, and that is, well, tell me, do you think it'd be all right if I could just crash here tonight? You can see I'm in no shape for driving. And anyway, I've got no place to go. So I think really that just sums up the whole next episode. Is that like a gin blossoms thing? Uh, no, I think it's um, I think it's Stone Temple Pilots. Well, I don't get this joke. It, it, it is. It's hey, jealousy. <laughs> I, see, so, spoilers, this is a <laughs> joke for the next episode that I don't get because I've never listened to the Gin Blossoms. Oh. So I just nod and no one can see me <laughs> nodding. I just go along with it. I don't fucking know what's going that on. That makes it so much funnier. I'm so glad that we are getting this revelation before people will have heard the next episode, but after we've recorded it. <laughs> I don't get half of the jokes that our guest does Mm-hmm. In the next episode, you do. Yes. I do not. So mm-hmm. I'm just sitting there going, I'm sure this is funny, but I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, next episode's going to be a going to be a weird one. I can tell you that, listeners, because we've already recorded it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be uh, odd. It's uh, it's a fun one. It's a fun one, and I will also add that uh, it's exciting because uh, we have that episode, and then the episode after that is going to be you know, just a, a Morgan and I episode, mm-hmm. and then we're going to have what I like to call Guest Month on mm-hmm. Day School, in which we're going to have four episodes in a row with guests. It's going to be exciting. Uh, the w- one will be a new guest, and three of them will be returning guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be great stuff. Um not necessarily because the episodes are good, but because uh, we have funny friends. So, it's true. Uh, guest month on Baywatch Rookie School. Uh, I think we're going to try and do every season at least a guest month. Yeah. Um, so if not more often than that, but it's exciting and I want you all to be excited for it. Yeah. No, I think I think it's going to be really good. I'm excited for it. Unlike this episode. Like, <laughs> yes. Morgan, Take us away. Yes. Take us into the episode. What is this (laughs) podcast? I don't know. It's a podcast for two. We hadn't done that joke yet. (laughs) It's true. I got worried. It's true. We can't even talk about the love sync. Yeah. Oh, man. We're going to have to think about a new recurring. We're going to have to ditch all of our recurring jokes at the end of season two. Yeah. And start start new on season three and build new recurring jokes. Oh. Because we ditch some of the jokes. There's like... One or two jokes we've we've kept, which is the like the sonic bar fight scale, mm-hmm. uh, which will never go away. No, uh, but uh, 
we'll 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 probably get rid of the love sync because we'll have synced our love. Uh, yeah. And and we'll get rid of this is a podcast for two men. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we'll get rid of that one. We'll see. It's because that's what we do. Yeah. It's exactly. A podcast for two men who have never watched Baywatch. Watch. <laughs> the other the other thing we do on this podcast is thank you all so very much for listening to it. This has been another episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrap. I'm at. Wow, you really. Yeah, I really hit that P. <laughs> yeah, it was a good. It was a good P. <laughs> I'm just really. This whole episode, I've just been taking some really good P. <laughs> that's that's even saving, worse. Saving up all my P for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see well, that, you next week no 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 no. we didn't finish yet but also that's gotta be the episode title uh, saving all my pee for you it's gotta be for you like the number four in the letter u oh absolutely um and if you like saving pee you can also check me out on twitter mm-hmm. and it's not s-n-o-t-s-n-i-t and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. And just remember, save up your pee for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.